Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Number two, Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be back with you. Thanks for being with us. If you're watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe, pass around, share, let others find uh, the goodness, if you will. And if you're listening on 93.3, greatly appreciated. Let's see. Number one was USC. Yeah. Looking at uh, purported transfer portal rankings uh, as done um Jared Jaw did that for CBS, and I was just kind of – I'm always looking at these things to see where we stand. He has Ole Miss second, and that would be because of that would be because of Jackson Dart and Zach Evans, the running back that came over from TCU. Uh, they got the tight end from uh, USC, which bothers me, Tom, because I'd like for us to get a tight end. I was waiting. It makes me laugh also, though, and as a reminder to uh, – to, to understand that the grass isn't always greener. For example, Nebraska ranks high on this list. Now, I would suggest that they ought to because they brought in Casey Thompson, the quarterback who had been at Texas. They brought in the Mathis kid who had been a defensive end at TCU, who was one of the best players in the Big 12 last year. Uh, they brought in Stephon Wynn from Alabama, defensive lineman, which how the hell they got him, I don't know. These are all wins for oh, them. Oh, yes, you do. Well, I mean – they won three games last year. Legal recourse of NIL. They got they got to three. Three wins last year there at Nebraska as part of a trend of winning three and four games. So that is something. Chubba Purdy is on that list of players that helps put them over the edge. Went, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Texas is four. The Hall kid from Alabama. High on the list, obviously, we know that. The Watts defensive back, though, from Ohio State, impressive. Why am I doing this? I'll get to the point. South Carolina's on this list. If you want to believe that getting Spencer Rattler is a huge addition for them, then by all means, go ahead and do that. I don't. I think he sucks. That's surprising that you would use him as the catalyst for your ranking. I would be like, eh, I'm probably going to drop them down. They got Spencer Rattler. But there you go. Um, I was waiting to find us. We're not in there. And this is where I will say, again, it helps to take a closer look. I get that you're going to, for most of these guys, like if you bring in Quinn Ewers from Ohio State, you bring in uh, the tight end from Alabama like Texas did. Okay, that's probably a good bet. Those are huge additions. Likely were five-star kids that you brought in. 
But back to our point last hour where despite my negativity at times, I do agree. And per our thing that we did on Warchant TV where I was on with Ira and Corey and Gene and we were talking about the impact of the transfer portal players that Florida State has brought in, the damn near vast majority, if not all, but maybe two, look like they're going to be starters. I'm just talking about the most recent, what, 10 players, 11 players? Right, right. Now 11. Yeah. Yeah, they look like if not starters, then they're uh, going to be on the those field. those that contribute greatly. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, how could that not be? And I don't care. These are lists. It's list season, everybody. We're in list season. Uh, this is this is when it happens, right? I mean, this is the time of year where everything is on a list. But when I looked at that list, I thought, well, if you want to be excited about something, be excited about a group that brings in 11 players via the transfer portal and, like, nine of them are going to start. That is filling needs. Yeah, yeah, and you could extend that to some of the early enrollees, too, that look like good players. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. There's a video up on Warchant TV about it now about the defensive tackles. Like, if Daniel Lyons is in the rotation by the end of the year, that would not surprise me. They're really talented at defensive tackle, but that kid could give you 10 to 15 reps that matter. And some of these other freshmen that came in, you could see, if not this year, sooner sooner than later. The, the, the evaluation that they're doing is really good. You just hope they can evaluate better players, like baseline better players, so that they can t- they can continue the trend. But what they're working with, it looks like their contributors are here. Five to seven snaps. I don't I don't think if he's doing fifteen snaps, that's too soon. That that, that that's a lot. I'm not saying week one. I'm saying by the end of the year, once he gets his fundamentals down, yeah. that dude was a disruptor. It didn't matter what team the offensive lineman he was going against. It's true, but even our best offensive linemen aren't good. So it's it's you know it's it's it, it is tough. You kind of got to temper while also lifting up, noting that that kid came in ready to play was already a factor. That's a fair assessment. Noting that he's making plays against the substandard offensive line is also fair. So you kind of just sure. you, you know that's that, that's the thing. What's stunning to me about that particular player though is if you look at his fundamentals, and I'm not telling you as an expert. I'm telling you based upon what I heard Coach Odell Hagen saying to him. That Correct. They were terrible. And yet the kid, and, and that's fine. Yeah, he's he, getting by on physical tools. He's a true freshman, right? So that's supposed to, and he's an early enrollee at that. So I'm not, that's not a besmirching of the kid. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, and yet you're still making plays, what the hell are you going to be when you're refined as a football player? You yeah, might well, be somebody who climbs into that top four. And he'll be bigger and stronger. And, and right. you know, I, I, I hope, my hope for all of these guys that looked good in this last class is that they don't have to come in and play right away, you know? Um, I just hope they get an opportunity to to come in, mature, grow, get bigger, get stronger. You know, if some of them are destined to play a few snaps a game and get some experience along the way, especially against lesser tier teams, that's great too. I just I don't want us to be at such a talent deficit that kids that come in are immediately capable of being thrust into starting roles because we're that. Uh, that vanquished of, of, of elite level talent. I mean, it, it's just, it drives me nuts. Except for AZ Thomas, right? Like he might be an exception where you say, well, that kid might've found some reps in, in most situations. If he continues, if he continues on the track, I think that we he has a chance spring. to start this year. Now yep. there's a kid that I will overstate uh, perhaps my expectations for him by saying to you, I think he has a good chance to start by mid season for sure. Maybe sooner. Yeah. You have precedent with Amarian Cooper, who was not even an early enrollee. And was developed to the point that also, by November he was a starter for you, and he was a a huge upgrade. Yeah, and it's also a, a historically it's a position where that can happen. You know, unlike offensive and defensive line, historically it can happen. Yeah, you yeah. know where, where guys like that can come in and physically be ready. They'll have the requisite speed 
in his case, length and size. He's got all of those things. There's a smoothness to his game. I know we've said it till we're red in the face. I mean, it is unbelievable. I, we were both pretty well in awe at the way that he plays the game. Just it seems effortless the way he plays the game. It, and don't get me wrong, and and I I think I'm speaking for you as well. It wasn't perfect. There were some you know moments oh, where he got roasted and yeah. taught a lesson or two, but it's just he bounces back, and you're like, okay. So he absorbs that. It doesn't go between the ears, and then he's lost for the rest of practice. It's like, okay, no problem. Let me do this, this, this. All right, we got that now. Next. It's, yeah, he's a quick learner. Yep, quick learner and talent for uh, days. And, and listen, that doesn't, we've ignored McCall here, who I think has a chance to play a lot of significant reps as well. He's got a little bit more of an edge to his game. He's nasty, man. He can be. Like, Thomas is a little bit more stoic and just good, and that's great. That's one way to do it. McCall can get a little nasty, which is good. You need to have that as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think that's a kid that um, if you plug and play with him, the problem you are going to have is he's going to make mistakes in coverage, but he is going to come up and hit you. Like, he's going to do everything fast. He's going to do everything with a great intensity that will match the requisite speed you have to play at, right? He will already have that. He right. may be in the wrong place, but he's going to hit your ass. But, yes, it's more of a, a typical freshman where he's going to piss you off at times, and he's oh, just going to make yeah. a play that you go, oh, well, who makes that play? That kid makes that play. I'm willing to go with the growing pains because he can do this. AZ, I think the, the bell curve is not quite as, as wide. It's like uh, He's going to be solid. Where would you put – I got asked this yesterday because – I think it came from a place, the question came from a place of despair. And I get it. Where they were coming from, I get. Because I, I think we all felt it. And I hate to relive this because we just got done talking about it. But, Tom, I haven't talked to you about it. So I want to venture down this road again for a second. When the, when the softball team lost, after being 32-0 and yeah. against non-conference foes, and... They not only lose, but they lose in this round to that 25-loss Mississippi State team. I mean, get the hell out of here with that, right? It felt an awful lot like one more time running kick to the Cojones. Are you kidding me? There's mm -hmm. not much we have going for us these days at Florida State to fall yeah. back on that you can trust almost implicitly, and then that happens, right? Yeah, I haven't got hurt yesterday by the golf team losing an extra holes. The 19th hole, the women. Yeah. Men teeing it up on Friday. Mm -hmm. And Greyhawk is a good course for them. They're having fun out there. They're loose. They feel good. Brett Roberts finally stepped up. He was a kid who came in with huge praise and did not get off to the start that he was hoping for. When we played down in South Florida, he uh, was a kid that uh, got off to a slow start and then backed it up with 67-68, won the individual. He's playing well now. They've got some of the other kids rising yeah, up. Ketrup is solid. And yeah. he didn't play that well, didn't play well in the previous round, there. so you feel yeah. good about this next one. Well, they brought themselves all the way back and cruised into the national championships because of how well they played the bear trap. They were even par. Everybody else was yeah. well over, so they played great. Now, the point would be, uh, let's see what happens with them. They're a good team. They're not your odds-on favorite to win it. The women losing is heartbreaking because they played so well, and then to lose on the 19th hole is very, very difficult, extra hole. Yeah. But they were not going to beat Stanford, and they were not going to beat Oregon in all likelihood. It's the 1-2 seed. By the way, the 1 seed has never won since the inception of this in 2015 mm -hmm. for, for women's golf. It's crazy. You've had a couple 4 seeds win. Duke was the highest-ranked team to win as a 2 seed in 2019. Uh, this 
this Stanford team is is said to be perhaps the greatest uh, women's golf team ever assembled. Right. We'll see if they win it. It would be akin to if in 97 Tiger wins the Masters by how many shots? 15 sh- Whatever it is. He wins it, and then he's still got to go play a match against the runner-up, and he loses one up because he played a bad Bad you know, round. Yeah, bad round. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, right? Like, what the hell? He just pasted the field. How is how is he not the winner of this tournament? That's the way that they settle a national championship. When you championship. get into match play, man, it's weird. I could be better than you, uh, and and you know have a better round than you. Let's yeah. say, uh, and you you beat me. It's like skins. You, you you could win the day. I know that people have been begging for this across the country. Here's how I would revise how <laughs> the NCAA golf yeah. meets out their champion. If you are playing a 1-8 matchup in the match play and you beat that team by 20 shots, there should be a two-shot rule. You win a hole forever, and you can assess them however you like. You place them. So in match, you're one up with a two-shot victory over the previous team because you're playing four days. Yeah, It's four days. We know who the best team is after four days. You don't need two more. Anyway. We shall see. We shall see as far as uh, how the men play. But going back to my point was that you fall – you know, you, you you almost fall to your knees when that softball team loses, and kudos to Lonnie again. That hurt for not expressing any frustration whatsoever with the umpire situation at first base and all that. I mean, I she was a class act. That would have been tough for me to do. Now, that hurt for a lot of reasons because there's no getting around for all of the praise yeah. lauding them for their successes, noting the significance of the program the stability and the year in year out success that's a choke that's a giant choke there's no way around that yeah. that team that beat them's not any good that is a choke now that hurts that hurts somebody then and this is what was the you know impetus for the question if we were if FSU athletics were stocks name the one that's going up Mm. And here's what hurts, because the soccer team wins the national championship, but then the coach leaves. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can't even revel in that as an upwardly mobile stock because that's going to take a hit. Then you turn around, and you would say this: you would say the softball team, you can trust, as I said, implicitly to win and get out there, at least compete for uh, an opportunity to play for the national uh, title. I had plans to be out there this weekend, and those were dashed. Yes. Got yes. an opening. Yeah, there you go. Let's go play golf. Now, that said, there you have it. All right? So, though, not upwardly mobile. Uh, then the, the baseball team, God, no. Uh, the football program, yes? Is it the football program? Ooh, wait a minute. Because guess what? The women's softball, I mean, excuse me, the the, the uh, volleyball team, they do the same damn thing every year. They're good. They're good. They're steady. But then they, they lose. So, we, you know, we're, we're appreciative of their success. It is volleyball. But mm-hmm. but uh, beach volleyball at that. But, uh, but, but hey. Maybe you know. the tennis teams. But, yeah, you're right. Like, so if – Softball or soccer was a hundred dollars stock. Yeah, it's not going up right now. No, agreed, agreed. Because softball's got too much turnover to, to bet on it. Correct. That way. Yeah, football is probably like a six dollars stock, but it's probably going to be a nine or a ten dollars stock by the end of September. That's what I'm betting on. People are going to read into that as he's predicting us to win nine games. He no, said it. No, <laughs> no. Although W's and L's, I did twice, so that's fair. You did, and you didn't believe it. But I tell me what I believe. I don't think you believe they're going to win nine games. I don't believe that. My colors don't run. I'm just (laughs) don't start. Not today. I'm just here. I'm saying this. Aren't in gold, man. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Not nine. You're not saying that. I would say we're saying that. Well, we weren't a $6 stock last year. We were $5 stock. So that, that wouldn't hold. That analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, man. 
I'm laughing. The men's golf team is a stock that's going up. They continue. That's fair. Yeah. They've got enough young talent. They're a little ahead of schedule, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Preston, I wouldn't do it. I would just talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. I'd talk about weird discoveries. He said we're going to be forced to talk about the shuffleboard team before long. Let me tell you something. I don't know how that would work, but if there were a shuffleboard team, I would enroll in a course at FSU so that I could try out for the shuffleboard team. I am a badass shuffleboard and Jesse. You're talking about a guy who basically grew up on St. Pete Beach. I've seen some shuffleboard. I've seen it played at the highest levels amongst nasty, savvy, gutty, 80-year-olds, swigging liquor, betting large sums of money, shirt off all day, every day. Let's get it on, Tony. Games dominoes in between, right? Let's bring it. And that was the best growing up experience ever. You You always talk about, well, I learned a lot in my youth. Watching those old guys get after it at the park or down at the beach. When I worked at the Don's, it's not there anymore. When I worked at the Don's, the Don's still there, but the particular shuffleboard court I'm talking about is no longer there, sadly. I used to go out there during my lunch breaks and play with those guys all the time. And they loved it. I was the young kid. They're like, hey, Jeff, come on out there. And they would drink these tall-ass Coors Lights all day long. These old dudes talking smack, money piled up on the side. It was the best. Saying vulgar things, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. wildly inappropriate things, but it would crack me up. It was the best. If you had to play, and I'll count outdoor shuffleboard as a bar game, just for the sake of And it was outdoor shuffleboard, yeah. yeah. Tabletop shuffleboard, darts, pool, I guess for my generation's sake, beer pong, that would never be your choice. No. Or outdoor shuffleboard for your life, what would you play? So, uh, beer pong's not a choice. What were the others? Darts. Well, it is a choice, but you would never choose that because of generation. Yeah, you said darts. Darts, pool, there was a time outdoor shuffleboard, or player. tabletop, shuff- the indoor shuffleboard game. Shuffle shot. Outdoor shuffleboard. Okay. I was good. If I threw in foosball or, or air hockey. Foosball sucks. I was good at air hockey. Foosball sucks. Um, Outdoor shuffleboard for your life? That's I think what you so. Play? I think so. There's a little too much randomness for my liking. Like, I want to eliminate randomness if my life is on the line, and I want it to be solely based on execution and skill. But there are very few sports where that holds up across the board, where your expertise and execution and the ability to execute under pressure are solely the defining elements of who wins and who loses. Eight ball, nine ball, no? No, no. Shuffleboard. Outdoor shuffleboard. You're right. For you? Beer pong? Um, Probably, or air hockey. And I know air hockey's random too, but I can get in a groove in air hockey. That puck used to fly over oh, poor balls. Fly, it would yeah, fly into fly, the hole. Yeah, yeah, nearly no, some fights. Nearly some fights. My hand, my, you know, you get your nails Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'd have wars. It would turn off at one nothing. <laughs> the machine would like, Phew. It's like, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. We have to put in more money to finish the when game. When you got the good puck. You had to have the good puck. It, well, you can't have that shaky, dry-ass puck that isn't, yeah. There's one side. There's always one a good side. side but good the good side. ones had two good sides. Oh, the, those are the ones that went flying every which way to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it was like, ah! Poor Joel at the bar. I got him twice. <laughs> if you ever walk into Port Paul's, that's a shot because he was in the far, far side. <laughs> the best. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Thanks again for being here. I will say I am thankful in the midst of all the conversation about what does the war of words between Saban and Fisher really mean, the lists season that I just got done referencing, coaching carousels, hot seats and the like, all of it. Transfer portal news that's not that much in the way of news, those kinds of things. Although today's story is, and yesterday's, you know, obviously getting Dimitri Emanuel is news. I am thankful that we start early this year. I have to tell you, when I think about the dread of the month of June. Now, June's normally a reason to celebrate. You all know this. It's my birthday month. But I think that typically, you know, you're kind of like, whatever, we'll make it. We'll do what, you know, we've got this, this, and this. June's going to feel long this year because we're so eager for the upcoming season and the competitions in camp. And because this year on the schedule, they did schedule Duquesne in August. They're starting even earlier. There's a pressing matter to take care of here, starting camp sooner. So you survive June. Once July hits, it's go time. We're going to be talking a lot about this. We'll be feeling it because you'll have ACC kickoff. You'll have all of that with the media days. But you'll also have everything pressed forward because of the, the position battles in camp and the early start to the season. You just got to get, we got, come on, everybody. We got to help each other get through what remains of May. Not much after this weekend. Hell, we've got it. We got it. You just got to survive June. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's funny. During one of the segments, and you were talking about probably the depth chart or whatever it was, it was specific to the roster. I looked down at the computer over here to my right. You saw the date. I did. And, May 25th or whatever And I said, is. in about six weeks' time, we're really gearing up. Like, that won't be go time just yet for everybody else. But for us, as a staff preparing for the fall... Yeah, no, that'll be a big deal. Yeah. Well, and that, and that translates, by the way, into just the daily conversation because there's an energy that comes with it, I think. And I, I think that fans can sense that and feel that. Um, look, again, I... Is it ideal that they're playing Duquesne on August the 27th? Well, the Duquesne part, no. But the fact that they're starting the season on the 27th, uh, we could ratchet things up. By the time you get to mid-late July, you're like, here, we, let's go. Let's get it on. They're, they're showing up. We got camp. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start. Yeah, so for example, that means that camp starts a week earlier. And listen, I, I care more about camp than I do the takeaways from the Duquesne game. In a weird way, maybe then in a way that I, more than we ever have. I, I mean, they're – it's relative. Yes, when you bring in a five-star quarterback like Jameis Winston, you couldn't wait to see him and camp perhaps provided you with other incentives because of the talent that you're going to bear witness to as opposed to this. But this is competition at key positions. Yeah, it's fact-finding because now 
the offensive line was already the first place I'd look because I wanted to see if Caden Lyles was going to be, you know, let loose, so to speak. Was he going to be a present pr uh, player in every day, in every situation, and, and what does that mean? What is he? Well, now, Demetri Emanuel is the second name in that same segment group. I'm going to be all over those trenches for the first couple of weeks. Think about how weird it is, Tom. I, sorry, but think about how weird this is. If, in fact, uh, okay, Demetri Emanuel, Caden Lyles, and Bless Harris, if all three of those guys start. That could be it, center it, to right tackle. It really yeah. wouldn't surprise you. No. No, it wouldn't. Darius might fit in there somewhere, but he might not. That's the thing. You know, if you look across the position groups, second corner position, I mean, where is there more fundamental uncertainty than an offensive line? I don't think you could name a place. Yeah. Running back you even have down now. It's Warden Benson. Done. Receiver, it's going to be Pittman. Let's see if Winston Wright's healthy. That could be something for fall camp. Watching him uh, work out is encouraging. I don't know what it means to see him in a pool right. working out other than mm -hmm. he's healthy enough to do so, and that's a good sign given the extraordinary nature of that accident, but it doesn't mean he's going to be ready to go. You know your defensive interior. That's done. At, and you pretty much know what you're dealing with. You at least know the four-man rotation. So that's done, and you rotate bodies throughout the game anyway at edge, depending upon down and distance. Secondary, you've got your two safeties all set. You know exactly who those are. It's Dent, Jamie Robinson. Corner, you got one down. You're looking for another, and you're looking for a slot corner. Okay, that's interesting, but that's not as interesting as the offensive line shuffle. It's OL. That's what I can't wait to see at the end of July slash beginning of August. Well, and I think if you marry that, like the competition itself is always intriguing. Guys battling for position means that on a daily basis when we go out to practice, there's an intensity. That's all fun, and that's fun to, to watch. I mean, at the core of football or any sport, for that matter, is competition, is like guys getting after it to try to win jobs or win a game or win a, whatever it might be, right? So that's encouraging the more you have of that. But the other part of that is, again, I think those are better. There's a chance those are appreciably better players, than what you had. It's not just like who's going to fit in at guard and who's going to play center and who are we going to shift over here. No, no, it's like those three guys could be appreciably better players than what you had starting for you a year ago. And what you had starting for you a year ago was impossibly bad in the second half of the season, which really makes it amazing. This is where I will compliment the hell out of this coaching staff. They had very little going for them last year in a lot of ways. In the second half of the season, you had – at least on paper, the much more difficult schedule. So on paper, you're going into games against the likes of Clemson on the road and others, obviously Florida and all these other – you had Miami here. You had all these tough games, right? North Carolina on the road, which yeah, I know you first guessed – yeah, yeah. No, no, but I'm saying – no, no. I'm, I'm that was the first half of the season. The second oh, half, The second half of the season was the more difficult part of the season on the schedule. So you go into that. By the time you get there, you have suffered indignities. I mean, my God, you've lost, and you've lost to a team that nobody ever could fathom you could lose to. You've begun to lose some personnel due to injury. The quarterback you brought in, at that time, we then began to realize was a disaster, a complete failure. There was He couldn't play a lick, not even a little bit. So... All of a sudden, you're like, man, the grand experiment, the thing we thought that could save us, he's useless. You you didn't have hope because you also were watching the deterioration of your offensive line. Your center, each week that went by, was getting pushed further and further into the backfield. Him being as light as he was, was beginning to have 
a more impactful play-to-play, down-to-down, quarter-to-quarter impact on the game. Uh, so, so all of a sudden, you have to think to yourself, how in the world did they win the games they did, and how did they create a running game with that being the reality? You had an average passer, you have no real tight end presence, and zero in the way of elite ability at wide receiver. You are, by definition, one-dimensional, and you're able to run the ball, keep games close against elite teams, and win a few games nobody thought you could win. That is truly a compliment to this coaching staff. That is truly a compliment to this staff across the board. Yeah, that you finish 5-3, and three and you're a possession away in two games going 7-1. and one. Now, I know that's overly optimistic, but just think about that. Fathom that for a minute when you're talking about what you're talking about, offensively speaking. Yeah. Like, you look at the grades. Here's where PFF and I completely agree. Your RBK, your unblocking, is terrible. However, your run grade is awesome. Your receiving grade is terrible. However, your run grade is awesome. How is how is that possible? And also, that's on the heels of being 0-4. So that tells you that nobody quit. Well, Nobody no, quit no, on the coaching staff. That's what I'm saying. You so, lost games you were supposed to win. You're going in the second half of the season with a schedule that screams loss, 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 and yet you go 5-3. and three. And... You have injuries and setbacks along the way. And before you ever run a play, the other team knows you can't do something. It, it really is remarkable. I, I, that part is where I give them the most amount of praise and where I hold out the most amount of hope. Can you imagine if they create some semblance of balance? If somebody does emerge as a legitimate explosive threat somewhere along the way, if Benson is that guy, if somehow Pittman is that guy, and you develop aspects of an office that you simply did not have, what might you do then if you did that with so much less? Yeah, and it's not just about responding to 0-4, and, and I know he he overuses that word, but it's true. Think of the microcosm of the season that the Miami game is. And you're off to it, you know, really, you, you blow something. And it's it's just like they did the first month of the season. I get that they go up to a big lead, so let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the fact that they collapse, basically. And Miami, it's a slow bleed, and they've got a deflection, and it's just, it just reminded me of the Carlos Williams player. Like, you got to be kidding <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Is this is this our penance for the Carlos Williams 2014 catch that left Chris Fowler in shambles? And, and okay, now they've come back. They have the lead. They're going to get a first down. And you and you say, no, not effing tonight. Then we're not going to do that. Even though, yes, we we the lead is gone. They are winning the football game. They're yeah. a first down away from closing this thing. And they said no. So it wasn't just about responding to a bad month within the course of a game. And you know how demoralizing that is at home? More so than on the road. Because you can feel it from your own fans. You're like, oh my god. Well, and also when you haven't had anything in the way of a reason to believe that you're going to get that done. So you can't draw on some experience where you look back and go, yeah, you know, I remember when we did this and pulled out a winning season out of nothing. No, you don't. No, none of you have done a damn thing worth celebrating. You haven't beaten that team. You haven't beaten Florida. You haven't beat any of these people that we want you to beat. You lose to every one of these teams we need you to beat all the time. You remember when they didn't uh, throw the flag and Jordan rolled out left and we beat Syracuse? We could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I mean, right? Yeah. Like you don't have this moment where you go, "Well, I remember when we came back and beat Clemson." No, you don't. I remember when we beat Florida. No, you don't. I remember when we beat Miami. No, you don't. That one hurts. I too. remember when you like all these. You, you're like, no, you don't. You don't remember any of those because they didn't happen. You didn't been, win those games. That's the other thing too, and and I won't be overly effusive of Jermaine Johnson because we've already done that so much. But yeah, as we should, he had his signature moment at Clemson. 
Like, that's it. Also, that's the moment. And it was taken away, and there were a couple of questionable PI flags, but you, you just you couldn't get first downs either. So it was a complimentary way to blow that game. But he didn't quit. Even he. It's in November. His, his stock is secure. He's already way more valuable as an NFL asset than he was before. So the job is done, in a sense. And it, he's the one who makes the play on third down against Miami to get you the ball back. Like, it's a it's play, unbelievable. It's a play that will, I think, in a lot of ways, as time goes on, become less and less referenced because it's in a nothing under 500 season for a player that played in one season in the Garnet and Gold. And yet it is as underrated a play as we get further and further removed from it as it diminishes in importance because we're back to winning games and beating people and perhaps bringing in talent like Jermaine Johnson and they glitter the field. One can dream. One can dream. But it's a play that I will always hold near and dear to my heart. Who won the Powerball in between then? Because and why did they give it all to Florida State? But just think about like how much you have to care. You transfer here. Surely you thought you were going to do better than what they were doing at the time. You know, surely you thought that this might be a, a team that, I don't know, competes possibly for the Atlantic Division. I mean, I don't know what his expectations were, but I don't think it was to go 5-7. and seven. So, like, how much you just have to love competing and want to win and lay it on the line to go make that play. I, in some ways, we shouldn't celebrate it so much because I would like to presume that anybody that's competitive at all that gets to this level of college football or any other sport at this level would lay lay it all on the line in order to win a game. Not in but, that locker room but, but here that, for the last no, five years. No, that's what I mean. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And things do get beat out of you. I mean, they do. I mean, when, when, when you've come across failure after failure after failure, even subconsciously, you may not know that you're not ratcheting it up to whatever degree we think is, is requisite in this situation because you've just... You're used to losing. It begets losing. It happens all the time. Just like winning begets winning, right? You start winning, you know certain things you have to do to win. The experience of teams that win, when they get in that moment, they hearken back. They draw on those moments in time where they did get that done. This team has none of those things. And he was able to go over there and say, oh, no, 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 no. We're getting the ball back. I'm giving us a chance to win now. We may not, but I'm going to give us a chance to win. It makes me love him. Forever. I, I don't wear jerseys because I'm 50 and I'd look like an a-hole. But if I did, I'd have that dude's jersey. As long as you tuck it into your jeans, it'll be fine. <laughs> with a rope belt? With a rope belt tucked yep. in? Mm -hmm. And then, should I put my name or the player's name? The player's name is fine. If it's Jermaine Johnson. I do think the... Uh, oh, look, it's, hey, everybody, Jermaine Johnson's here. He's uh, white and a lot smaller. But... By the way, uh, he has M frames like me, <laughs> and Seminole socks with a plastic watch to match. Uh, what I what I was going to tell you was that, uh, as far as jerseys, and I don't wear them. The exception would be I found it out this weekend because again, there's an age difference between you and me. Your generation very very fond of jersey wearing. Everywhere I look, thirty something year olds in their jerseys. Hockey, you can always wear the jersey. Absolutely. Because it's cold in the arena. Mm -hmm. That's why. And when I was at the game on Sunday to watch us boat race Florida, uh, I noticed virtually all of the people, certainly on the ice, not in club necessarily, 
were wearing uh, jerseys. So well, they also they give it to season ticket members too. It's like it's an incentive. They want people to be there. No, no, I know, I know. But I just love that you had jerseys from every era and you had yeah. different. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? This works. This works. Normally, the guys I see at football games wearing jerseys are like. Tch. Baseball ones are cool too, you know, in the summer, because those things are light. Yeah, I mean, I you wouldn't wear Clemente. You don't have, I a have Clemente. A, I do have a Clemente. You wouldn't wear one in the ballpark, and you know, if you went I to a wore, game up there I in July, my, I wore my Clemente jersey to the Pirates game yeah. on Father's Day with my kids last year when we went up there. Because there and Clemente, that's a different deal. It's Roberto Clemente. I mean, it's Clemente. It's not some slap ass. It's not Nils just, Ekman. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. You know, hey, look everybody, look at my Phil Garner jersey. Look, look, it's Tim Foley. There is a class. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've got we? a Gary Carter. Come on, that's got to qualify. He's dead. You can wear it. Yep. Oh, they have to be dead. Well, they had to do something, die tragically, perhaps. Clemente, humanitarian what, of all time. What? What about founding a wing of a children's hospital? Because that's my Vinny jersey. Oh, well, I wore the Vinny one here on yeah, this but, on this very set. Well, Cafe, yeah, yeah, you know, no, yeah. no, no, no. You can wear hockey. I, that's what I'm telling you. I, yeah. Hockey gets a pass year round. Mm-hmm. You can wear hockey whenever you want. Now it'd be weird to do it in July, but you you could do it. Mm-hmm. No problems. But I'm saying that was the exception. I realized that as I was walking around MLA, I was like, hey, you know what? Even these old dudes wearing jerseys don't look bad here. It seems fitting here. Now a lot of times you go to a football game or a you know baseball game or a basketball game, you see it, you're like, come on, man. So you tell me I can't wear my Barrett Rude jersey? I love that you have a Barrett Root I don't. Jersey. I don't. Oh, that would have yeah. been great. Yeah. No, and then there's the ironical. People do that all the time, too, right? They wear the jersey that they, they – oh, isn't that funny? you got the worst player in franchise history. And they become Tiger Woods somehow. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is suspect, Matthew. I agree. But you got to give me Clemente in terms of the jersey wearing. Good song. By the way, this uh, their, their new album's out, and it's good. I've heard it for a year or whatever. I haven't even bothered to talk to you about this. Yeah, they. Uh, well, I saw them live in Mexico. Yeah, you did, didn't you? They were among the top three or four bands I've ever heard in terms of professional sound. It's just It sounds, what you hear on the record is what they sound like. It's pretty incredible. Robert, I'll give you some prize picks, but I want to remind everybody out there that uh, you go easy on this now. Just because I like to do this all the time doesn't mean you should. I just don't want to hear any nonsense. Get it together, everybody. You're grown-ass men. Make decisions for yourself. Uh, As an aside, I'd like to tell you about a decision if you're looking for a house. Make sure you look at uh, my friends at Hamilton Home Loans and you reach out, in fact, specifically to Chad and Shannon and say, Yo, what am I going to do? The housing market's gone nuts. I need help. I need clarity. I don't want to be intimidated any longer, and I want a five-star mortgage experience. And Shannon will say, I got you. That's what we do at Hamilton Home Loans. Thanks for calling 844-FSU-LOAN. I'm here. By the way, if you want to learn more about what we do, go to FSUHomeLoans.com. Chad, Shannon, legendary team, Hamilton Home Loans. This is a tournament, the Charles Schwab, and we'll touch on it momentarily. 
you need a break when you come down from a major. When you come down from a major, you need a different course. Uh, you need, and what I mean by that is, you need a course that doesn't play as the as similar to the course that was just played that decided the major. And they do a good job with that on the PGA Tour. Um, they do typically have a course that is almost the antithesis of the course they just played. This week is an iron, uh, you know, I think the emphasis is on iron play much more than driving, and it's on putting, small greens. So this is a Daniel Berger course. If you're going to go and take a flyer, uh, <laughs> oh, Kayvon, you're good. That's really well done. The uh, if you can take a flyer on guys who are long odds to win this week, you can get guys that are find guys that have been elite iron players, and and that's the strength of their game as opposed to off the tee or uh, strokes gained around the green or things like that. I mean, you want you want guys that really strike irons, and and that way it's a good course for Justin Thomas too. But um, in, in terms of the the week, I I do not think this is a week where we're going to be sitting back going. Oh, look at that. The uh, the top five features some of the best players in the world. I think you're going to have two great players, and then you're going to go, who the hell is Doug Gergelson? He's in position to win today. I've never heard of Doug Gergelson. Doesn't seem like much of a player, but he loves this course. <laughs> that guy has to be the character in the next brand of scope commercials for mouthwash. <laughs> Don't be Doug Gergelson. <laughs> Go with the one that four out of five dentists recommend. <laughs> Doug Gurgleson, it was good. I gotta oh, give myself, this is disgusting. I gotta give myself credit for Doug Gurgleson. I'll give you some picks in a second. Let's do some probables. Cue it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Why is Doug Gurgleson five under? A shot off the lead on a Sunday. This could change Gurgleson's life. I was going to give you Smiley Kaufman, and like you just went straight fictional. <laughs> and Gurgleson's amazing. Yeah. That's the third time today he's gotten up and down from off the green there, short siding himself. Gurgleson loves this grass. He backs it up. Rockies and Pirates are in the sixth inning. Of course, the Rockies lead the Pirates 5-2. to two. Zach Thompson started that game. He sucks to high heaven. Brian Feltner started for the Rockies. He sucks, too. Tigers, Twins. Ronnie Garcia, but he spells his name wrong. Twins, Dylan Bundy. They're in the third. That game's nothing-nothing. Mets, Giants, shortly. Thomas Zabucki. And Jacob Junis. Zabucki making his first start for you guys. Yeah, that's how hurt we are. Dodgers, Nats, Julio Urias. Eric Feedy. A's, Mariners. Paul Blackburn and Robbie Ray. Hey. Did you hear Director Matthew come through on Monday? No. It was a Miles Mikolas start, and he nailed it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's the first thing I'm going to do when we sign off. Yeah. Brewers, Padres, Aaron Ashby, you Darvish. I didn't even give him a warning, Tom. I just did it. I was like, let's see if he does it, and he did it. You just had the chutzpah to turn the mic uh, on and go for it? Yeah, he did he was kind of proud of himself, too. It's rare that you see that out of him, but he was like, he knew he nailed it. Getting a little weepy over <laughs> It was here. great. Yeah, he took charge. Cubs, Reds, Kyle Hendricks, Luis Castillo, Marlins, Rays, Cody Poteet. All right, Cody. I feel like you got to say, Cody Poteet. Where's Cody Poteet? 
hell. <laughs> I guess that works too. <laughs> Drew Rasmussen goes for the Rays. Orioles, Yankees, Tyler Wells, J.P. Sears, Phillies, Braves. Phillies got a huge home run from Bryce Harper last night. All for not. They lost. Ranger Suarez going to start for the Phillies, and Charlie Morton going to start for the Braves. In perpetuity, Charlie Morton will start for somebody. Guardians, Astros, that's Cal Quantrill, Christian Javier. Red Sox, White Sox, Rich Hill, Lucas Giolito, followed up by Rangers, Angels. Glenn Otto of Glenn Otto. Hi, I'm Glenn Otto. And Reed Detmers, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Glenn Otto is becoming a frequent probable guy. He's on a lot, isn't he? Yeah. Glenn, Glenn will start a game for you now. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be the best thing you could ever say about him? What do you know about Glenn Otto? He'll start. He'll start for you if you need him. You need a guy out there, Glenn Otto. Give him the ball. He'll take the bump. What's funny is that's demeaning, but also respect. You could, yeah, you could say that's. And you could think about two or three guys in, in the last ten years for your team. Every one of you out there. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, he'll start a game for he'll us. He'll start a game for you. He eats minutes. Yeah. You can't count on him to win anything, but he'll be out no, there. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. not at all. We need a guy today to take some punches. He'll he'll give it a go. The course is set up for Jordan Spieth. It's set up for Webb Simpson at forty to one. Guys, I'm going to give you Webb Simpson at forty to one. It is a play, personal play of mine. Now, when you lose with Webb Simpson, stay out of my messages. Don't send me an email or a tweet. Just own that loss because you're a grown up. It's golf. Uh, you want another flyer? You want somebody way out oh, there? Yeah. I want a spicy lie. That's a flyer. Kevin Kisner. Okay. 100 to 1. Yeah, but and you're telling the story of the course. That I sounds like a Kiz I course. Told, I told you the course. This I, I, I'm not. You that know. sounds like you get Kisner around twenty to one in a top ten. I'll give you. I'll give you a Nate Lashley at like there thirty to one. A little Nate Lashley for that ass. Ooh, all right. How about a Chris Kirk? Wait, at wait 50? a minute. Hey, hey, how about a Chris Kirk That's at fifty? Not the right name for that. I'm gonna give you Chris Kirk at fifty to one. I'm gonna give you uh, Riley, uh, Davis Riley, right? I'm gonna yeah, give you Riley. He, well, he's, he's coming playing off well of, lately. I know, but he blew it down the stretch. He, he doubled eighteen. He shouldn't have been in position. He's Davis Riley. What the hell, man? You wonder if he's a little shaky. I after think he's that. all right. This course is for him. Webb Simpson, Riley, Fleetwood's at forty to one, playing well these days. Fleetwood's playing well all of a sudden. There was a time we had high hopes for for Fleetwood. Those time. Those times evaporated. Then all of a sudden, he looks like he's playing again. If he's going to win, he's going to do what he did the day that Brooks held on, which is shoot 63 on a Sunday and be like, oops, I won. That's how I won my major. Do you think I have a problem if I tell you that I like Marcus Emeritage at 55-1 to 1 at the Dutch Open? Wait a minute. <laughs> is the Dutch Open, is that Ryan, like? Ryan Fox at the Dutch Open. What have I told is Dutch you? Dutch Open like something from UrbanDictionary.com, no, or is that really a thing? It's a real thing. Like, uh, hey Tong Lee at 66 to 1. Oh, like, that's Hao Tong. Yeah, Hao yeah. Tong Lee. 66 to 1 in the Dutch Open. You feeling good about Hao uh, Tong? If I tune in to <laughs> Golf Central on Sunday and I see that Hao Tong Lee took down the Dutch and I didn't like, play it, I'm going to be yes, so mad. Cameron came through. Big Daddy J, way to go. Good work out of you, sir. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.